Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? I like that one. Yeah. I like that. My man wrote me it, wrote us again. Quali. No, that's actually Quati. Have you ever heard that song by Nas? Is that Nas? Quali? No, that's Talib Quali. Yeah. Yeah, what the fuck I'm talking about? <laughs> Damn, I had a real fucked up Negro moment. Quali? Um, Quati. Like Denzel says, my man. What up, Aries? Thanks for pronouncing my name correct. All my life, motherfuckers been butchering my shit. But you got it right. The first time must be a black thing. My man, you know it's a black thing, baby. Qua T. I got a few things to say. One, I'm almost done with season one of The Sopranos. That shit is fucking genius. Mm-hmm. Take that, Rene Rodriguez. <laughs> Obviously, Gandolfini's layered portrayal of a mob boss is masterful. But I got to tell you, my favorite character thus far, besides Tony, is Silvio. That scowl is brilliant. Incidentally, his real name is Steven Van Zant, and he actually is one of the guitarists, lead guitarists for Bruce Springsteen. It's weird when you see him outside of that Silvio character because he looks nothing like the Silvio character. Because he has a full head of hair. Yeah, when he's in uh, Bruce Springsteen mode. Um, And incidentally, dude, I think I said this on a podcast. I've met one, two, three, four... I've met, oh, five. I've met five of the cast members from The Sopranos. Um, I first met Stephen Van Zandt going into the building that I always have to go into. Oh, where where Sirius XM Radio is housed. 
in New York, right there at Rockefeller Plaza, across the street from uh, Radio City Music Hall, um, is where Sirius XM is. And every time I go to New York to do any radio at Sirius XM, you got to go in that building. So I met him there coming out of that building. Super nice fucking guy. Uh, I met Bobby Bacala uh, on the lot where we used to shoot Mad TV. I met Richie April on that same lot. Uh, That's a great character, too. Richie April? Oh, yeah. I, who, no, let me ask you. Who was more of an asshole? Richie April or Ralph Cifaretto? That's a tough one. And both great characters. Yes. But who would you be more scared of? I, I, here's my answer. Uh, more scared? Richie. I, I'm agreeing with more you. More asshole? Ralph. Right. The way he beat that stripper to death? Jesus. Yeah. Get it all out, you little hooah. Um, I met Uncle June at the Laugh Factory. Super cool dude. Tall as fuck. He's taller than me, dude. Really? He's a tall guy. Skinny though, right? Skinny though. Skinny though. Uh, I met Uncle June. He never had the makings of a varsity athlete. And um, I met uh, AJ Soprano at a club in New York. Motherfucker knew who I was. Really? Yeah, he was like, dude, Mad TV, you're fucking hilarious. I said, dude, I fucking love you. Oh, and I met Christopher at the airport in L.A. Leaving uh, um, on American Airlines. And he, he, uh, I saw him getting his, checking his bag. And when he came up, I just had, I, Chris, man, I mean, uh, what's his, Michael Imperioli. Yeah. I said, Mike, I just want to tell you, man, I seen you in the movie Baby Mama. Uh, Sopranos are fucking love. All of them were cool. The one person I never got to meet, God damn it, rest his soul, James Gandolfini. So is that is that your move when you see someone that you like? Do you just you give them a yeah, co- you give them a couple I, credits? I got to man, you give them some credits to lead in. Yeah, you give yeah, them a couple yeah, credits. Yeah. You know, I know you work, um, but yeah, I, I've met six cast members from. The How Sopranos. many of them knew you? Uh, just just uh, AJ. AJ, just AJ. Yeah, uh, Priyo didn't know you from any 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 of the stuff you did. Nah, no, uh, 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 no. Nah. But, you know, super cool dude, man. They were all fucking super nice. Um, let me get back to this. Uh, this gal is brilliant. Uh, they don't give him many lines, but the ones he has pack a powerful punch. Like when he's explaining to the chef uh, what, the so- what the soccer coach did. My NBA all-time starting five. Center, Shaq, between 1999 and 2003, he was unstoppable. Remember how they used to just foul him? Hack a Shaq. Yeah. Uh, power forward Tim Duncan Deep down I want to go with Dennis Rodman But Duncan can score and get boards Can't argue that Small forward Dominique Wilkins Between 86 and 92 Before he tore his Achilles Man if Dominique had ever had a team That was a dude that was supposed to win a title Yeah Jesus Yeah go on, go on. Uh, He was the second most dominant offensive force in the league Shooting guard Kobe Real talk He's an MJ clone but Phil said in an interview that Kobe was a better ball handler and a pure shooter. Plus, I'm a Laker fan. Let me stop right there, dog. Uh, I think Phil's being political. Phil's saying what he's got to say because he's with the right at the team at the time. Time, yeah. Let, let, let's come on, man. Michael Jordan's handle. How much better could it have been? Michael Jordan could handle the rock. Um, and as far as shooting goes, was Kobe a better shooter? Mike shot his ass off. So I don't know where Kobe's a better shooter than Mike. They're, they're the same. Fucking same. And now I read somewhere that they're going to release an eight-part documentary on Kobe. 
Boy, that motherfucker bit Michael to the T. <laughs> Shit. God rest his soul, Kobe. Point guard, Magic. I never really see anybody debate this. I only say that I'd have Steph Curry back him over Isaiah. Do you think Steph Curry is a better point guard than Isaiah Thomas? A prime bad boy's Isaiah Thomas? Shooting, yes. It depends on the game you're going to play. But that nigga could handle the rock. Yeah, so can Steph Curry. But look at, go, when you have a chance, YouTube, Isaiah Thomas, top 10 moves. Now, granted, they're all the same, but it's him breaking down the defense, going through traffic, and getting that ball in like nobody's business. I don't see Steph do that that often. Smaller. I mean, Steph is skinnier, but uh, Isaiah was smaller, shorter. Right, which is more to my point. But, I, dude, I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I, maybe it's because he's a piston, and it's not that I didn't like the pistons. It's just I, I didn't. There was a different kind of game that they played, and maybe that's just in me because of growing up at that time and watching them. You know, being a Michael fan and watching them beat up Michael, where I don't give them the same credit. Right. But I was never the. I was never the big. I, I, I liked uh, Vinnie Johnson. I thought was amazing on the team. I, I like right. some of the other players that weren't like the name brand players that were on the team. Right. Um. I don't know. I, I, I think I. I like Steph Curry's game, but the thing about uh, Curry that if you had to pick, if you're coming, what we know now, if he was coming out of college, do you pick him with his injury with his ankle issue over Isaiah? Like, well, you know, I mean, for the length of time Isaiah played after he won his two championships, uh, going not going for a third, but the, the season after that. He tore his Achilles and retired, and he was 33. Yeah, he was young, too. So, so, yeah, I mean, but Curry, I mean, that was his knock, is that, you know, he had those he had breakable ankles. Right. So, but he's he's proven to, you know, hold up now. Dude, I got to tell you, other than the fact that, yes, I know this motherfucker can shoot a three from the parking lot, I don't see what's that impressive about Steph Curry. Dude, his game, he really has a great game. Come on. I mean, well, but he's known for his... That shooting ability. He has great shooting ability. He has great handles. He he knows how to pass the ball. He's he's skilled at every every possible part of his game that he needs. And he is he plays decent defense. There's no bad defense coming out of him. I just don't like light skinned niggas. <laughs> I'm kidding. Big shout out to El DeBarge, Christopher Williams, and uh, what's my man's name with the unibrow that was real big at the time um i'll be sure you gotta get off on your own girl you gotta get off on your own you gotta get off on your own girl you remember him no i don't sorry sorry yo back let me tell you something i I played elder bars a lot back in elder bars but not to the beat of the rhythm of the night dancing to the morning light you know when i first saw that song uh when they showed him in the movie um Last Dragon. Oh, yeah, that's right. Remember when they showed yeah. him at the screen? and To the beat of the rhythm of the night. Um, and Christopher Wood, Don't wake me. I'm dreaming. Girl, I'm dreaming about you. You know Christopher Williams? <laughs> From New Jack City. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty motherfucker. I used to DJ in the 80s. Listen. Uh, very tail-ending 80s, early 90s. Light skinned niggas was the shit. We were we were done. 
Dark skinned niggas didn't matter. DeBarge, Christopher Williams, and fucking Albie Shaw was the panty getters. You know who saved dark skinned niggas? Wesley. When New Jack City came out, Wesley shut light skinned niggas down. It was half off on light skinned niggas. Wasn't Ice T in that? Yes, but Ice T wasn't a pretty light skinned nigga. He was a gangster nigga. Yo, Ice T. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> yes! Niggas come in regular and diet. All right. Top five MCs. As a fellow hip-hop connoisseur, I felt like it would be fun to hear what you would have to say about my top five MCs of all time. In order, Andre 3000, Scarface, Nas, Rakim, and KRS-One. You put Andre 3000... And Scarface over Nas, rock him to God, and big nose nostril KRS? Nigga, you're bugging. First of all, no disrespect to Andre 3000. I think he's a hell of an actor. I, I thought his career would blossom more after Brothers, Four Brothers, because he was great in that. I forget that other movie he was in that was kind of like a period piece, but Andre 3000 has a- a- acting chops. Um, the, little, the nigga was a little too eccentric for me And some of the dress code Pink hair with football pads on You just didn't like that Atlanta sound uh, I want to say that But Their it, vibe was different It was But What makes him a lyricist? He's not a lyricist like that to me Really? Give me some bars Send me some lyrics they, they have, They're interesting lyrics Yes but but I don't put him I don't put him in my top five not at all. Um, don't do, why you why you why are you throwing some shade though on KRS One? I'm not okay. I, I you just, you you didn't it I didn't sound don't. like you put him. You know no I'm he, no no he, he's think, not in my top five. But he has but I, but he has the ability to be in a top five list. He's an honorable mention. Okay, I'm just saying that he's yeah. he's in the conversation. Yes, um, Scarface. I know diehard Houston niggas are gonna say I'm crazy, but. Scarface? Um, damn. Talk about lyrics, nigga. Rappers. Nas, Rakim. Yeah, but... All right. It's, it's all subjective. Explanation. Andre is number one for me because, like you and Andy discussed when talking about your experience in Mississippi, I hear that dude differently. I'm from Georgia. Ah. He's from Georgia. He's a dope MC, and I came of age with outcasts we're at the height of their powers. I can basically say the same things about Scarface. Nas is my favorite New York rapper. I would never sell him short. But Rock Him and KRS-One round out my top five simply off the strength of two of my favorite hip-hop tracks, Paid in Full and Essays on BDPism. Thoughts? Well, you know, I just kind of told you my thoughts. Um, first, and this to Andy. First, I respect your political opinion, but I strongly disagree with your assertion that there is no difference between Trump and Biden. Trump is a racist asshole, but I won't and I don't use that as a reason to dismiss him. I feel that politics... um, Damn, nigga, you don't? I just caught that. He's a racist asshole, but I won't do... Don't use that. What other reason do you need? I'll I'll take his side on that. Okay, let me finish. 
Uh, I feel that politics is too personalized anyway. I remember the con job George W.'s campaign ran on people in 2000 when they had America believing that he was an every man and that you could sit down and have a drink with him. Bullshit. Ordinary citizens also got duped into partnership with a choice between Democrats and Republicans. It has been turned into an us versus them zero sum game when it's the policies that truly matter. Uh, okay, let's answer that because then he has questions. But go ahead. Which uh, uh, what he said about he's not he's not eliminating because of he's a racist. Yeah, because both sides have racist tendencies. <sighs> you know, again, it goes it goes back, and this election really is going to sum it up. Uh, a, a friend of mine of color, let's put him that way, said to me before. Uh, when it was the Hillary and Trump election, he goes, this is the first time white people are going to get the same kind of election that black people always get. You're not voting for who you want to win. You're voting for who you think is the least fucked up. Again, that's what we're voting for right now. Biden has shown policy issues that have a very, uh, that had, and he's going to say that, you know, he's been enlightened or that he's saw things differently now, but that had effects because of racism and he put those policies in effects he was one of the leaders uh, on the uh, on the crime bill uh he's he's there's many quotes where he says things that are uh, uh are uh, inappropriate at best so let, let's say and, and trump speaks it and he says it uh but are you you discount one because one is openly racist and the other one is closetly racist so I, I would take, and in my opinion right now, I will take the closeted racist because it, it's it's it, it, Trump just seems like he's going to make this world explode if he continues. Dude, dude, two things. One, <clears throat> I base it off this: Joe has done racist things. Once a racist, always a racist. I don't want to say that because people can change. Uh, I think if I were a slave. Joe would eventually sign my freedom papers. Trump would not. So that's my theory. Um, when you say things are going to explode, I didn't think that it would ever really happen. And a part of me still doesn't. But have you seen the footage on social media with the black dudes all in black? Yeah. With the machine guns? Yeah. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I hope it don't happen. But I think I'm smelling a race war. Because these white boys have been itching for it. Because we've seen them a million times with guns in the streets. This is what they want. And if black people are at the point now where we're starting to galvanize and rebirth the Black Panther movement, black men in the street with guns dressed in black, it's just a question of time. I, I'm not going to disagree with anything you just said. I will say that I don't think... That that white power movement was expecting to see a militarized operation from black America. Maybe not. But now that they're seeing it, are they sitting back licking their chops going, oh, boy, here we go. I don't think they're licking their chops. I think that they see that there's an opportunity that they could make. Uh, they, 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 they could try to justify uh, their actions. Here's what scares me about that. And while it makes my dick tingle in a good way to go, black people standing up, let's right goddamn, we ain't taking this shit no more. My fear is that let's just say a race war popped off. Black men in the streets with assault rifles and white guys in the streets with assault rifles. At some point, 
real quick, cops are going to intervene. And this gives cops a reason to go, let's just, you know, shoot some niggas with the white boys while we at it. And now they blending in. So now it ain't just us versus crazy white dudes with guns. It's us versus crazy white dudes with guns and crazy white dudes with guns with uniforms. We're going to get slaughtered. I don't think that I, I, I will hope that it doesn't come down to that. But I think that I, I when I saw that, I was impressed because I was like, that looks niggas is organized. No, I was impressed that the. It's a daring move. That's why I'm impressed. It's because, yes, there's going to be pushback. But when you watched all those white dudes run up to the ca- the st- their state capitol or, or taking over buildings because they feel that they're, uh, they're being oppressed or that their rights were being taken away, very little media coverage, very little uh, pushback, the police moved out of the way. I think it's great. I think it's great to see that, that, that kind of strength. I think it's great visually. I think it's great for morale. But I don't know that it's great realistically. Because, again, we're going to get slaughtered. What's our military made up of? Mostly white folks. Is that what you're going for? No, our military is made up of mostly people with color. Okay, but I'm not talking about the military. I'm yeah, but if we're going to get in a war, if we're going to get in a, a race war, and the military sent in, who's siding? What side is are we falling on? Because the military, this is this is when governments, this is when governments have problems, is when they can't keep their military on the same page. Uh, yeah, and, and but you know, so listen, listen, the government doesn't want this issue either. I know, but anytime you got black men as targets on the streets with guns. That's when accidents happen. All these military niggas that are supposed to be on our side, accidentally a bunch of niggas are getting shot. What I I find interesting about it is I I look at the protests that we've been watching. Very mixed. Very mixed. What happens if there is a... I don't want to call it a race war. What if we have a war for justice? Where are those white people going to run to? Are they going to run to the races, to, to uh, an oppressive society? But, but when it's time to die, that's what I'm asking. Are they really going to make that choice? But, to, are they going to Are they going to go? We're on the side of right, or are they going to go? Time to go home. Or let me ask you this question: Do you think that that group? Because I I read the I read the post when I when I look at those videos. Are they going to accept white? Uh, allies coming over to uh, to fight, right? Or are they going to look at it as uh, as that's another problem? Because if they have to fight a war on all fronts against people that would support them and against the people that aren't there to support them, um, that's that's a bigger war. I, I think we're in a very we're in a very. This is not. This is about the educated and the uneducated, and this is about oppression and non-oppression. Would you say? Would you agree to this? Do you think we're sitting on a powder cake? Of course. Now, here's what I think ignites it: Trump loses and doesn't get a second term, and all these motherfucking uh, backwards hillbilly monkeys have a reason to be angry. See, I don't, I don't, I don't see it that way. I don't see it that way because this is this is this goes back to what I was saying earlier. I don't know that they see a huge difference 
politically between Biden and Trump. Of course they do. Nope. They, they know it in rhetoric. Trump's their guy. He's their Vader. In rhetoric. But in, in history... They ain't going with history. They're going with rhetoric. It's the rhetoric that got him the house. Well, it's why he... It's, it's why he's pulling even more of them in. He needs that base. I don't think that he... I, I, I hope that that doesn't cause that situation. But I don't think that the, I don't think that they care if it's if it's Biden. All my idiots, get ready for war. Doom, 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 doom. Um, want to answer some questions? Sure. He goes. Do you think a woman should be able to decide whether to have an abortion? Yep. Leaving this one alone. Do you? That she should get to decide? Yeah. What, what do you mean? Like she should decide without the male male consent? I guess that's what he means. I, I, I think it's. Uh, I, I think there's more to that question. I think women should be able to get to decide because it's, it, it is in their body and they have to live with the results. But what I don't understand is uh, if a woman decides to have the child, doesn't consent with the, with the man, or decides to abort it. Either way, uh, the man is responsible if she has the baby. I don't know if that's. I think there's. I think there's a little bit more room for discussion in this. I, I think if, if if a man is responsible for a woman that has the child, then there should also be a conversation where the man has some say if a woman chooses not to have the child. It can't be just. I don't think it, it just falls to a woman's hundred percent decision. I think there should be some effort. Uh, there should be some effort in in the legal way that we look at this for a man to have some rights in this because as of right now they have absolutely none. I think once I grab her by the pussy, all the decisions are made by me. <laughs> Do you think all citizens should have health care? Yes. Let the old fuckers die. Would you like for your grandkids to inherit a clean environment? Would I like to, or do I expect them to? I would like them to. I don't expect them to. And I do, I do see this as a challenge that we are going to leave for the next generation. I already don't believe in global warming, so fuck it. It is what it is. Just ask yourself what's important to you and who is most likely to try and get those things implemented. That's who you vote for. The none of the above mentality is akin to apathy. Apathy is invalid because as a citizen... You are subject to all laws in your society. I'm reading good today. It is your responsibility to understand the agendas of the people who claim to want to lead your society. At a minimum, your vote is an attempt to shape that agenda. Right foot, left foot, brick by brick. Peace. Big Q from Atlanta. I agree with what he said about voting, but here's the other thing on uh, none of the above. If we all voted none of the above because they didn't give us a valid candidate to vote for, then there's no winner at the end of an election. Then I think that says something completely different, but we're never going to get together like that. But going back to some of this Trump stuff that you said and the agenda and Biden and how he said that he didn't see the difference between the two, you got to also, Trump has devolved, not evolved. Uh, this is also the guy in New York who had a, uh, who was the first to hire a female uh, construction, the, the over, I don't know what they call the, the foreman, the head person, um, the contractor, the first female contractor that ran his, his building company. Uh, she built the first, uh, the, she built one of the largest buildings in New York at the time, one of the largest hotels at the time. 
he was ahead on that. He's been ahead on a lot of different things. And then somehow, I think it's his chase for being a president that he is willing to run to a side that I don't, I, he is that now. There's no denying that's who he is now. But I don't think that's who came, I don't, I don't think that that's all who he is. I think he's, uh, there's more to this person. And I think that he sold him, he sold his soul to win a presidency. Because I, I do. How can the devil sell the soul? Sell his own soul? I think that he, there was more to this person. He went. To, he he went to when people were on the fence on gay marriage. He was attending gay marriage. He said he wasn't for gay, but he, he wasn't like a pro gay marriage guy. But he went to gay. He went to gay weddings. He support. He hired gays in his company. He had, uh, like I said, the first female. There was things that were that don't add up to the person he is today right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that I'm and that by no means. I'm saying he is who he is today. I'm not trying to deny that. I'm just saying it, it seems like he devolved, like he, his, his need to be the president, to be that person. I think that he lost, I think he lost his, not that he was ever a great person. And let, let, let's, let's put that out there. He was never uh, this whole, a wonderful human being. But I think he's devolved. I think he's went way worse. I, I think that there was some things that were redeeming about him at one point. I, but he, at the same time, he's complicated because he says that one thing, grab him by the pussy, and the other one he's hiring when no one else hired a female for that position in, the, in all of New York. He was the first one. So it, there's, there's a lot of complication when you're talking about this, this person, but I think he's got nothing but worse, and he is who we think he is. He's shown us who he is. Hey, Manolo, shut the piss of shit. <laughs> okay. Um, Kevin Mishu, uh, email question for the podcast. Sup, Aries and Andy. Big first, oh, first of big supporter. First of big supporter of the podcast. First of big supporter. Let's all say it together, guys. You ready? Everybody listening Kush Cole, Matthew Riggins, uh, Shamor Emery, Farah, Shannon. One, two, three. $10 a lot of money. Okay. First of big support of the podcast. Aries been a fan of yours since I was a kid, and I'm 34 now, so thanks for making me laugh for a large portion of my life. For a large portion. After listening to the last podcast, you made mention of black comedy clubs. Can you shed light on why there are a lack of black comedy clubs in New York? The Mecca, baby. I mean, my wife and I who have been together since our early 20s, love going to this club down, uh, just one club down that closed down by Delancey and Essex Street that had the deaf comedy jam feel with the talent they brought in. I'm pretty sure you performed there, but it was the type of crowd that would have that you would have murdered on because of how raw and edgy your material is. Where are those clubs now? I want to jump out of my chair, slap my knees, stomach muscles hurting, and not to mention face cramp from smiling. Uh, I want that. Uh, you, Aries, and your peers provide that. Can you shed some light for the New York area where I can get that? Well, here's the thing, Kevin. Dude, when I was doing the, the Chitlin Circuit uh, in New York from about 14, New York and Jersey, from about 14 to uh, 17, which is when I moved out to L.A., um, those were the clubs that I knew of then which I'm sure ain't none of them around. 
Uh, so I don't know what that looks like anymore because I'm so far removed from it. You know, there was Indigo Blues and Triveca, which I think one was in Queens and one was in um, Long Island. There was Terminal D in Newark. Of course, the Peppermint Lounge in East Orange. Here's the thing about black clubs. They're not like white clubs. They're not the mainstream. They're not franchises. They're not improvs. They're not funny bones. These clubs come and go because, you know, there's no there's there's no lasting power because they just don't do what needs to be done to sustain itself. You know, first of all, they're not flying out A-list talent because, um, you know, between flight, hotel, what the what it would cost to pay these guys, they couldn't afford it. So they use local talent. Um, you know, local talent is cheap talent. Uh, and for what the rent is in New York, you know, that's not going to cut it. Because local talent ain't bringing in the kind of crowd that a name would bring in. So to make that kind of money uh, from the crowd with a proper name is just something they can't do. Um, I wish there were more black clubs. And of the black clubs that I know of, none of them are in New I mean, there, I'm sure there are, but I don't know. But the black clubs I know of, none of them are in New York. You know, uh, Baltimore Comedy Factory, Baltimore. Uh, Stardome, Birmingham, Alabama, Uptown, Atlanta, uh, uh, Helium, St. Louis, you know, Chuckles, Memphis and Mississippi. So and even there's a limit to that. I think there's six black clubs that I can name within the country. Um, So, yeah, man, I I hope that answers it. The New York market, though, is tough anyway. Like improv isn't even in New York anymore. It isn't? No, improv closed down and it's I didn't know that. Yeah, it's Broadway Comedy Club. There's no improv left. I mean Comics is comics still? I think com comics. C O M I X. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's still there. I think that closed down too. Um it it's it's a tough business out there. Uh but there are and, and comedy kind of rotates anyway. So it is it's tough to keep a place open, especially if you're not connected with a uh, a group. I mean, the group is really what makes it work. Right. Um, yeah, man. And, and, and that's just, you know, historically, that's always kind of been the case. Uh, like, I, I, I think Chris Rock said with a lot of black businesses, grand opening, grand closing. Um, the survival rate for uh, black clubs just isn't, you know, never been that strong. But uh, keep searching, brother. Keep searching. Um Mike X. Oh, and then he, yeah, he was at our show in Oklahoma City. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm from OKC, and I'm going to say that y'all too scared to, uh, y'all that say, that, say what y'all scared to. Okay. I'm from OKC, and I'm going to say what y'all too scared to. Mississippi is still stuck in 1807. The reason the AC didn't work is because they don't even, they don't, they don't even know slavery ended yet. Both you and Andy rocked OKC when y'all visited, and Andy gave me a discount on the T-shirts. Nicest thing a Jew ever did for me. <laughs> the COVID-19 jokes he did were clever, and your freestyle better than any comic I've ever seen. Enjoyed meeting y'all short motherfuckers. OKC forever. Um, dude, I actually did a joke here in uh, Dallas about Mississippi, and I said, uh, just give you one of the punchlines. Uh is that I ordered a pizza from Domino's 
And the girl said to me, all right, sir, we're going to deliver your pizza. What street are you on? And I was like, man, I got to get the fuck out of here before I run into some slave catches. So it's ironic that you write that uh, about 1807 because that's how it feels. Um, yeah, man, I can't wait to come back to OKC. That was my first time there. That's a great club. And uh, yeah, that, 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 was, that was really a great club. Um, let me go to my boy. Mookie. Matthew Riggins. Oh, he about to tear Renee Rodriguez a new butthole. <laughs> Renee, this is not me, baby. This is not. I like you, dog. Even though I think you're smoking something about the Sopranos. But I'm not going to tell you. Mookie's going to tell you. Matthew Riggins. Nigga, what? First thing first, Mr. Renee Rodriguez. I understand that everyone is entitled to their own opinion. But. You just made The Sopranos sound like the worst thing created since white people's macaroni and cheese. And I ain't having that. Matthew, I got to stop you. I've had quite a bit of white folks' macaroni and cheese. And I got to tell you, it's quite splendid. We get it right sometimes. Y- you do. Especially when you throw lobster in the motherfucker. <laughs> okay. It's the breadcrumbs that aren't working on the top. You don't like the breadcrumbs? I don't. They get soggy. Not if you eat it right away. It's, but... Why people make that big casserole, and then it it gets soggy by the time you get to it. But you said casserole, casserole, casserole with the the macaroni and cheese, and then they put the breadcrumbs on the top. I don't like that kind. I like the the, the, the little, little one. one. Yeah, all right. All right. It, because white, white people think it's a it's an entree, and it shouldn't be. No, it's a side. Niggas know it's an entree. <laughs> we don't fuck around with macaroni and cheese, nigga. Um, <laughs> but it comes with something. It's it's not. You, you just don't sit down and eat a plate of macaroni and cheese. No, you don't. But macaroni and cheese is a very big staple with whatever meat you have. With whatever meat that meets the entree. The right. macaroni and cheese well, no, is the side. Not, uh, okay, yeah, you're right. Um, now let's get to it. If you remember the movie Analyze This, The Sopranos is that movie on steroids. Same premise, but because it's a series, it was able to get more gritty and more detail. Plus, Analyze This was supposed to be somewhat of a comedy. Uh, now, how are you going to sit up here and say Christopher was your favorite character? This wannabe movie star, really? Now, the guy playing him did a phenomenal job in the performance, but to say he was your favorite character, I'm lost. Tony was very intimidating. You don't get that far in the game if you're not. Fur- if you're not Furio would have taken his chances on smashing Carmella if Tony wasn't intimidating, bruh. Instead, that nigga went back to the homeland. Then you're going to talk down about Tony because he suffered from anxiety and had panic attacks. I'm sorry. I thought Tony was human. You thought you was going to get an unrealistic show, but you didn't. David Chase showed the reality of not just being a mobster, but also being a human. Only thing I was upset at was Dr. Melfi didn't just say fuck it and let Tony smash. That's the scene I was waiting for. Now, let me stop you here, Matthew. It's actually a good thing that he didn't smash. Because she would have lost all of her integrity. Her whole thing was not just being professional, but being uh, a person with morals and uh, fighting the, the, the stereotype that Italians were all mobsters and, and, you know, dangerous guineas. So she was trying to uphold her morals, her professionalism, uh, and fight astigmatism. Um, and that actually added to her character that she wasn't like everybody else and didn't fall victim to whatever Tony wanted. Um, I continue. Um, 
you can't tell me them heated scenes between Carmella and Tony wasn't the shit. Oh my God, Emmy Award winning. You got me lost, bro. I want to Mike Tyson you with this email. Woo! But I can't get the right combo together. Who the hell don't like the Sopranos? But I will say, I don't know where you're from, Rodriguez, but I think me and Aries feel a deeper connection to the show because we're both from Jersey. Well, Aries did some time in Jersey, so we felt the Jersey references and understood certain uh, landmarks in the show. The best part of the opening credits, do you see Tony face when he pulls up the driveway and gets out the truck? The anxiety and pressures of being a mob boss is written all in his face. It literally tells you what the show is going to be about right there. I'm going to leave you with a Tony quote, Rodriguez. I'm the motherfucking motherfucker that calls the motherfucking shots. I'm out. That's an email, Mookie. I've been to Pizza Land. Pizza Land. I have not. I have. Is it good? Yes. It's Jersey. Yeah. All New York Jersey pizza. It's pretty fucking good. Yeah. But it's it's good. Um, you know what? I forgot to mention this when when uh, this originally came up. Do you know how you know Tony is also a badass? How's that? Remember the New York the New York boss, and they're saying that Johnny Sack. Yeah, and they're like, and he's talking to his people. He's like, yeah, that, that thing in Jersey. I don't even know if that's a family. Like right. they don't want Tony. Right. But they can't get rid of Tony. And you know why you can't get rid of Tony? Because right. he's a bad motherfucker. There you go. There you go. God damn it. So that, that, that's an underpinning of that show, that the New York never really wanted to recognize him as part of the family, but they had to give him his space because right. he, he earned it. Right. Yeah, that's a good, good fucking point. Uh, uh, he, he, he's, just real quick, uh, Matthew also had a little side note email where he goes, yo, bro, on some real shit, I'm actually a little embarrassed to ask this, but I'm a strong believer in keeping it 100. I have a serious issue with conspiracy theories, bro. From Pizzagate to a cashless society to mandatory vaccines, I have serious anxiety issues, bro, over this type of shit. How do I get over this shit? Get your dick sucked. Yeah, and stop reading everything on your phone. Yeah, man. Matter of fact, um, get your dick sucked while you're reading your phone. <laughs> it won't that, seem as bad. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It'll calm that shit right out. Listen, nigga, pussy is always my go-to. When shit is stressing you out. However violent you ever feel crazy, weed and pussy maxes you the fuck out. It's uh, life's laxatives. Dude, if you're a conspiracy theorist, go check out Sam Tripoli's uh, Tinfoil Hat podcast. And that's all they talk about is the lizard people, Pizzagate. Uh, you will, they do it in a funny way, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to spin your day around. Check it out. <laughs> I got something I think you're going to like, Andy. This is from Ephraim Young. And I'm going to show you the picture after I read the email. Uh, yo, what up, Aries and Andy? Yo, Aries, that 1920s super, uh, sportscaster racist voice you do is hilarious. It's not sportscaster. It's just a regular radio guy. Ah, thank you, Negro. I can tell your name is uh, you're a black man because of Ephraim. There's no way a white Anglo-Saxon, hundred-blooded, good, white, pure man would call himself Ephraim. That's nigger shit. We have some Mexicans, Ephraim. Well, they're niggas, too. Just a different shade or a different hue. Okay. Um, yo, listen to the podcast weekly. Shit is dope, brothers. Thanks. Real quick, in reference to Don Cheadle not playing a gangster in movies, he played Rocket in the movie Colors. Yeah, but, dog, that, he was in and out. I, I, there was no meat on that bone. That was a fucking half-eaten 
uh, flat piece of a of a hot wing. I want meat. I want a Thanksgiving turkey, nigga. That was like uh, oh, fuck. Now I'm not gonna remember his name. We just brought him up. Recently. Ice T. No, that was like uh, that Michael Jackson beat it video. With Wesley. No, with Wesley. Yeah, yeah, little, yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, what it was nah. like. Yeah, there it is. Nah. Thank you. Um, you always know what I'm talking about. Come on, baby. I know you by now. <laughs> Ebony and Ivory. Um, Don plays a leader of a crip gang in South Central L.A. Dope fucking movie and shows a pretty authentic look at gangs of L.A. in the 80s. Dope cast all around. If you remember, Aries, you told me to have my wife call out your name when we are fucking because my name sounds like a cough. <coughs> that was good, right? <laughs> okay. Uh, I love you, but the bitch is just going to have to deal with my fucked up name. Peace, brothers. FYI, if your girl doesn't want to fuck you, have her call me. Um, I love you, but... but, 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 but uh, uh, peace, brothers. FYI, Glory is probably my favorite movie of all time. $10, a lot of money. F from Young, Catskills, New York. Okay, now let me go back to this. Yo, Aries, see if Andy remembers this movie. Way better than Buckaroo Banzai. Full of action and some crazy aliens called... Space herpes in it. The Ice Pirates. No, I don't. And he sent me this, too. Oh. And I want to see this. i never seen it. I definitely want to see this. Nigga, who's the black guy? It looks like J.B. Smoove. I don't, I don't know. And the lead character almost looks like Robert Downey Jr. if you look real quick. But it ain't either one, obviously. All right. Who was who the, the lead in, uh, in, in Glory, the white dude, though? That, um, Matthew, Matthew Broderick. What, what did you think of his performance in that, though? Didn't he seem like a guy from Jersey, though, still, kind of in a way? No, no. no. He just, I don't know, he's so American today. I thought he played it for what the role was. Was? Okay. If he was supposed to be a, a, a like, fucking, um, was it, oh, God, 12 Years a Slave. I think his name is Michael Fassbender. Yeah, yeah. He plays Magneto in the X-Men movies. Yo, the slave... Uh, master he played motherfucker got dirty now could Matthew have done that that would have challenged his acting chops but he played a guy who wasn't really dirty and mean wasn't he, he just was you know but was that the, get a job to do yeah it just it, it just I don't know I, I like I like the movie don't get yeah. me wrong and I like his performance in it. I just didn't know that it got you I, yeah because it, he wasn't as challenged with the situation, right. it, it didn't. It didn't. It was like he was okay either way. Right. <laughs> um, Daniel Burns, Eddie Murphy biopic. What's up, fellas? Hope all is well. On the previous podcast, Aries had mentioned the Richard Pryor movie and who was going to play him. I personally feel Marlon Wayans shouldn't have gotten that role. Listen, man. And I know. Again, I gotta say, I'm not. Believe me, I take what Andy says seriously about uh, trying not to do what's bad for business. But, I, but you know, you can't... This is artistic truth. This isn't business, right? You're right, talking... Yeah, this is yeah. art. When I saw the YouTube clip of what was supposed to be Marlon Wayans' audition as Richard Pryor uh, and Omar Epps was in the clip, I said, no fucking way. I just didn't buy it a lick. You just didn't feel it? Not at all. So when you say that... I couldn't agree more. Um, Did you see it with Epps? 
Did you see any? No. Did they, did they, do they, they have recordings with Epps though as him, right? I've never seen it. I, I have never seen it either, yeah, but I heard that they, it. they filmed some of it with him in it. Yeah, I think that thing's falling by the wayside. I think it's all gone now. Yeah. But who would you pick then? Again, I, I, Epps to me is the best choice of anybody that I've seen uh, that's famous. Otherwise, you got to go with a no name. Yeah. Um, if you haven't seen that audition for that, check it out on YouTube. Yeah, I did. Wait, then he says he was a genius. So he said, Marlon, I feel Marlon Williams sh- oh, should have gotten a role. Nah, dog. Nah, man. Nah, son. I ain't feel it at all. But didn't his fam- didn't uh, Richard's family want Marlon? No, Richard's wife wanted Eddie Griffin. Okay. Yeah. I can't see that either. But I like the grittiness of Griffin. Yes. I like the grittiness of Mike. Yeah, I get that but too. But Mike looks more like Richard than Eddie Griffin. And and Mike is more understated like a lot of Pryor needs to be. Like Pryor didn't Pryor wasn't and I mean he moved on stage and he was right. but not Griffin level. Like Godfrey's have you seen Godfrey's impression of Richard? Uh-uh. Insane. Insane. But what a visual wrong choice. <laughs> what a visual wrong. Richard was a scrawny wiry nigga. Godfrey's damn near a bodybuilder, nigga. Yeah. And way darker. Way darker. But would you, okay, would you accept good acting and a great impression, voice-wise, versus the right look but without the... I think you can't cheat that. You cannot cheat that. Then they really should... They gotta go together. Then they really gotta get someone... They gotta get a no-name. And again, I think we talked about this one night uh, after we did Gotham in the restaurant bar we always hang out at next door. Here's the problem with that. He's got to have comedic chops. How do you find a no name that looks like Richard and he can't be a regular actor? He's got to have comedic chops because when you do that role, yeah, you do what's on the paper script wise. But to embody a comedian, yeah, you should be a comedian. Or have funny shit about you. You can improvise, improvise and you know what I'm saying? So that's a tough call, man. Um, bah, 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 bah. I just can't see Mike Epps playing prior. But this leads me to you, Aries, and your portrayal of Eddie Murphy on Mad TV. On some real shit, if they were to do a movie, I really think you could pull it off. Although that was for comedic purposes on Mad TV, I believe you have the acting chops to deliver. I like this nigga. When I see guys like Jay Farrell impersonate Eddie, that's exactly what it comes off as. But when you did it, at times, it did feel like it could be a movie. Especially during the segment of the sketch where you did the Eddie monologue. If given the opportunity to depict him in a movie, would you do it? Stay safe. Absolutely. It'd be a fucking wet dream for me. Here's what I want you guys to go do. YouTube and type in Mad TV Eddie Murphy Pajama Party. Or Mad TV, uh, Rick James behind the music. And this is me bragging a little bit. I was in a zone. And listen, my Eddie Murphy is not what it used to be because I, you know, I drank and smoke a lot. So some of Eddie's high notes I can't hit the way I used to. But probably if I stopped and really got my shit tuned up, I could. But the thing about Eddie, and this is, you know, again, when you do impressions and you really study the detail. I love watching Eddie on Inside the Actor Studio because 
the animated Eddie you see in the movies. Eddie Murphy. <laughs> hey, Jack. All that shit, that's movie. But when Eddie does interviews, <laughs> you know, Eddie, he, his voice, he, he, he don't project. He's just real. You know, I remember I was, you know, and everything is real here. And my buddy, Chip, my brother, Charlie Murphy. And, and when he laughs, his laughing, <laughs> it's really, <laughs> that's how Eddie really laughs. Um, but yeah, man, I, I would I would love to do it. Um, there was a moment when we did the the, the uh, Rick James sketch, and I was describing somehow you know Rick being another place when I was blamed for something he did. And I go, and mind you, I'm in New York. And it's, you know, that's Eddie. That that New York. You know, Eddie just has a yeah, man. But yeah, I would love to. That would be great. Um, <laughs> either that or you know, like I said, Red Fox. This how you eat elephant pussy. You put your face in the pussy. You <laughs> Andy, when I listened to that, I died listening to you die laughing. <laughs> the laugh, dude, I'm telling you, there are times when something hits you and you laugh from a guttural place that's so fucking pure. It, it makes me laugh, man. Dude, when you were doing that, it, it just... <sighs> First of all, not only are you doing it in front of me, right? But then I'm also Tracy Morgan, right? The whole thing together, it, it, it cracks me up. And Tracy Morgan, if you ever been to see Tracy Morgan live, it yeah. is a fucking experience. It's not a comedy <laughs> show, man. It's an experience. Yeah, that's how you eat elephant pussy. You put your face in there. You dig in there. You get that pussy. Do you? Yeah. Does he? I, does he know? What do you think he, he knows? What he's going to do when he goes on stage that night? Do you really yeah, think he has a yeah. set? Oh, you yeah, think he has a yeah. real set that he sticks yeah, to? Yeah, yeah, I do. Then he is the craziest motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, he's just <laughs> off, nigga. It's just off. Um, CC on air. Please read or forward for black woman being harassed by Denver police. Hi, Aries and Andy. I was so upset and angry when I heard you guys read the woman from Denver's email about the workplace harassment and abuse she is suffering from the Denver police. Excuse me. I know Andy gave her some tips, but I also wanted to send her some information that can help. I, too, have experienced workplace harassment and retaliation. If HR is turning a blind eye, you will need to go outside your job. I recommend reaching out to the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, EEOC, and file separate complaints for workplace harassment, sexual harassment, and retaliation. Years ago, I had to do this, and in less than a week... I had someone assigned to my case who reached out to me. Long story short, the person behind the harassment was fired and I received compensation, even though I never asked for it. Once you reach out to the EEOC, reach out to the ACLU. They have teams that specialize in protecting people's civil rights. Also find and locate your local NAACP, local chapter. Here is the link for her. Uh... Do, do I just say the? I, I mean, I can't. She can't see the lady. No, but so. you have. Do you have her old email? The lady that we read. Yeah. No. She t- email us back, and so we can c- connect you guys with the links. We're talking to her. The, if the, she the, listens. Yeah, the lady. She, she listens. The lady from Denver. All right, sweetheart. Listens. If you listen to this, uh, email us back, and then we can email you the link. Or can I just say it, spell it out, and she could type it in? You can. Yeah, just HTTPS the two dots. Slash slash N A A C P Denver dot com slash. You know, that's really good though about the EEOC too, yeah. because once you get a case number, 
if they can't fire you, if they try to fire you, it's it's a big deal. Like they have to, they will avoid any action against you at that moment because they're under the microscope and they're going to get fined. So right. you you are secure if you you should be secure if you use that. And if all else fails, honey, reach out to your local TV, radio, newspaper, or any media platform. I'm telling you right now, racism and police police brutality is a hot topic. Any media outlet will pick up your story in a heartbeat. I would know because I work in media. I would definitely reach out to the EEOC, NAACP, and ACLU first. They will protect your rights, force the department to take disciplinary actions to those who have been abusing you, and most importantly, protect you from getting fired because of your claim. Aries and Andy, if you don't read this on the podcast, that is fine, but could you please forward this information to the woman, and if she needs to, she can always reach out to me. Thank you, and take care, guys. Media personality. You know, sometimes you and I are heralded as heroes, and I feel like right now, we should both have on capes. (laughs) I don't think I've ever been heralded as a hero. I think so. Um, but she should reach back out to us. Send us an email so we can... Please. Yeah, and that way we can connect you two together so that... Listen, these guys are not just cops, all right? They're super cops. <laughs> and the only thing missing on these guys right now is capes. Look, you're getting more and more like me every day. Next thing you have afros and big dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Um, K. Gray, Kizzy. Uh, here we go. Uh, podcast idea. Hi, Aries. Hope all is well, brother. Okay, so after having multiple conversations with different biracial couples in my community about what the issues going on in our black community. Okay, so after having multiple conversations with different biracial couples in my community about what the issues going on today in our black community, issue number one on the black community board, books for everybody. We're going to start a reading program, all right, and a grammar program and a punctuation program so that we can articulate properly and check all spellings. Now, let's eat lunch first. Pass out the sweet potato pie. And the ridiculous amounts of macaroni and cheese. The macaroni and cheese was a callback, too. Yeah. Okay. They got it. All right. I, I, I hope they got it. All right. Well, let me know you get it, nigga. Okay. All right. Catch, catch the ball when I throw it to you. <laughs> the fucking last dance. I love that moment when Mike said that to him. Catch the ball when I throw it to you. <laughs> I fucking love that shit. I like how mad he was. Though. Yes. The intensity in his fucking face. Fuck you waiting on, Harp. Shit, if you commit to defense, come to you. Bitch, ho, shoot that layup. Woo, eee, woo. How you fuck that play up, you fathead motherfucker? Damn. I wish somebody could send me just a collage of all that. Just, just the outtakes of him Look, just talking shit. I don't have to do this, but play the game this way. If you don't want to play the game that way, then don't play the game. Break. All right. When Reggie Miller says you're the biggest shit talker, Yes. You must be the biggest shit talker. And when you tell Larry Bird, bitch, fuck you. <laughs> I fucking love it. All right, <laughs> let me get back to this. Um, I thought to myself, why do black men talk against the oppressive system and white supremacy than marry a white woman? <laughs> some of which support their husbands 
some of which support their husbands, others who act like the oppressor in their own home according to their husbands. Why marry white if that's the way you feel about your wife's race? Why do biracial couples raise their children one way or the other? Why can't a child learn about both races and make a sound decision for themselves how they want to identify? Please understand I am just coming from a place of curiosity. I myself love all people regardless of race, color, or creed. They are. If we vibe, then we good. But inquiring minds just want to know. Seriously, though, I have tried to ask these questions myself, but folks get all in their feels when I want to have a productive and real discussion on the topic. What are your thoughts? Perhaps I am just reaching, but I'm genuinely, I, I genuinely like to understand. Thank you for allowing me the space to connect. I would appreciate some feedback and response to this. Peace and light to you. And let me point out, because I always have to uh, uh, jot it down when we get one. Kizzy, a woman, I would assume. Right? Yeah. Kizzy. Hey, baby. Welcome to the party. Put your panties and your bra in the dish. Okay. Um, You know, Andy has a great joke. And I don't want to give away your joke. Uh, about the interracial couple. It's a podcast, go ahead. Yeah, about the news. You yeah, yeah. Basically, say, uh, how do you two watch the how news? How do you two too? watch the news in separate rooms? Separate rooms are just apologies going back. Right. I would imagine, from a joke standpoint, that if you're a child with biracial parents and your black father teaches you about racism in America and shows you all the movies and all the documentaries and all the history and the pictures of the lynchings and the abuse. Kind of like the same thing. Are times you mad at your white parent? Like you sitting there eating dinner and you siding with daddy right now because you ain't feeling mommy who's white because daddy taught you about how evil mommy's people have been? Um, yeah, but... I, I, do you truly teach them that? And realistically, your child ain't going to go, I hate my white parent. But I would imagine because that's a tough thing, maybe they shy away from it, the parents. Yeah, but I think there are. I've I've seen some stories where the children talk about having a. I don't want to say ill will, but having a a, a negative feeling towards that white side because of of uh, history. And I know that my uh, stepfather, the Italian dude, um, he made me mad a lot of times because he said shit about Mexicans. And so, yeah, you have this. this you, there's a, there can be moments of. I, I love my. I mean, he took care of me. He raised me as his own. He did a lot for me. But there's these moments when you're like, how do you how do you say that? How do you feel that? And then the history that he he had with certain groups of people. Listen, um, if any, I don't know how many white female listeners we have, and I'm certainly not wanting to turn you off. I know Shannon for sure is white because we go back and forth on Instagram a lot. Um, and I'll be the first to say, look, man, love who you love. Life is short. Be happy, goddammit. Um, but I don't think there's anything wrong or it makes you a racist if you have a preference. Um, and again, I don't want this to come off racist. I don't want this to come off barbaric. But I'm, you know, I'm telling the truth here. I'll fuck any kind of woman racially. Because, uh, you know, fucking is a sport that lasts for so long And then it's, you know, on to the next thing Who I spend the rest of my life with Who I marry who, who 
it's different. Um, and it, and for me, I prefer a woman of color because at the end of the day, we relate to one another. There's a connection, an instantaneous connection based off of this is who we are. This is our history. This is where we've been. And I just don't know how you navigate through that kind of shit with a white woman if that's something that interests you, knowing that history and, and, and you know, being pro-black. I, I, I just don't, I don't know that I, I, so much the contradiction bothers me. You out there going, yeah, brothers and sisters, the revolution will not be televised. Black power. Come here, Heather. So the, the contradiction doesn't fuck with me in that way, but I, I just, to me, it's more of a relatable thing. And again, as I say on stage, and listen, I've seen white women with fat asses and thick thighs and shit like that. And, and, and you know, most of it is man-made surgical shit. But there are some authentic, fat ass, thick thighed white women out there. You know, again, I always say white tigers exist. Albino tigers exist. But for me, as a black dude, I like big lips. I like fat asses. I like a thick thigh. I like, you know, that, that, that. I'd like to smell a cocoa butter and pick oil moisturizer uh, when I'm spooning you, hitting me in the face. Uh, so, you know, black woman is my preference. But what if you, what if? Because you, 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 like you just said, the sport of, of activity with other women. Yeah. What if you fell in love? What if you, what if, what maybe <sighs> she, you guys didn't have the same cultural experiences, but you, she made you feel great. I've she thought took about care that of you. a thousand times, dude. And I'm going to be honest, man. When we went to Ice-T's house, I was disappointed we didn't see Coco. Like, I really wanted to get a glimpse of Coco. I've seen her on TV and in movies and social media. That's a bad bitch, nigga. From scalp to cuticle, Coco is bad bad but at the end of the day again i'm just going i'm going to be sharing life experiences and and a, and a cult i can't say cultural because you're not from that you know when black people get together and play spades and dominoes we curse a certain way we have a rhythm and a flair to our movement and our essence and and i don't you know if you can't jump in the double dutch rope and rhythm without fucking it up, that means something to me. Listen, my, my best friend Ishmael, who I call my brother, his wife is white. And at the time I wasn't living in my house because of certain circumstances, I was at his house for Christmas. And again, man, I think I even alluded to this on a podcast. Being two niggas surrounded by an all-white Congress... I just, I don't know. I feel like I'm being looked at different, even though I might not be in all reality. This is just my paranoia. This invisible boogeyman. I just, I can't chew my food with the same zest that I could around my own people. Because I think they looking going, look how they lips wrap around the fork. <laughs> look, how, look how the spoon comes out differently from their lips. I, I just... 
I don't know. I just, I just think I'm being looked at different, man. I, you know, if I wanted to eat a piece of chicken or, 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 or a slice of watermelon, I don't know that I, I can let loose the same way I could around my folks. But you don't think that this is you thinking about them versus them? Exactly. I just said okay. that. I, I, I could be like, nigga, you bugging. They ain't thinking about that. But, you know. So you think of yourself as a novelty in that situation? Yes. Look at, look at me. Look, 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 look. You hear it when the spoon come out? It's an extra because their lips big. You know? And I would love to know from a white person, how do y'all feel surrounded by a bunch of black people? Do you feel the same thing? I would imagine they feel something. Dude, I'm in that experience almost every weekend. You mean on the road? Yeah. How? Well, we go out. When we go out a lot, okay, let's say one of the first times I went out with you was in D.C. And when we really went out and we went to this club and it was, it was a black club, three, three, three levels, there was me and one other white dude. But how often does that happen? And how did you feel? Honestly, I felt okay until I saw the other white dude. And it was an old white dude trying to be. He was hanging out in the slave quarters. He's looking for something. It, Them old motherfuckers are there for a reason. He's looking for black flesh. And it made that, he made me uncomfortable. Yeah, well, you should have said, get the fuck out of here. There's only one of us allowed. Um, but he made me feel uncomfortable because that's, I, I saw him in that group of black people, and I saw how he looked in that group. So then that put that on me. Like, do I look like this in this group? The only time black people are going to be looking at you in a situation like that is when it's time to dance. Because that means it's time for us to laugh. Look at these hunkies. They just can't grasp rhythm. <laughs> That's it. Otherwise, we don't give a fuck about y'all. But I think that it's, I think culturally it's the same, but we're, we have our, all of us have our insecurities. You know, here's my thing, and this is the other thing I think about. How many times have you seen where you may have known someone or thought you knew someone? who you may have bumped into a hundred times, nice guy, you never would suspect that they're this way. But when they get mad, I mean really mad, and because somebody black did something to them, nigga, he's not normally like that. But when you piss him off or push him in the right direction, nigga. You know, white dude? White dude. And I have a hard time believing while I'm at this house, and listen, all those white relatives know that she's married to a black man. So they're not going to openly disrespect him or make him feel. But I can't help but think at times when they're alone, they ain't talking about this motherfucker. If they read something in the paper or see something on the news that pisses them off because a black person did. Nigga, how many times have we heard celebrities? Mel Gibson, Liam Neeson, uh... Paula Dean, prior to any of them saying what they said to get him in trouble, you wouldn't have thought, not Mel Gibson, not Liam Neeson, maybe Dog the Bounty Hunter, but not Paula Dean. And then you find out that's what they do. Isn't Paula Dean from the South? Liam Neeson ain't from the South. No, but isn't Paula Dean? No, from Mel Gibson ain't from the no, South. No, but isn't Paula Dean from the South? Okay. I, I, I would assume that if you're at a certain age, that that's came out of your face before. We wouldn't have assumed that. Um, I, I, what's the I, dude from the owner from the Clippers that got in trouble? 
We wouldn't have assumed prior to him saying that he would say that. Dude, that's an ugly person. All of them are ugly when that no, comes out no, of no, your no, mouth. But, but no, I'm just saying as a human. Like, okay, let, let's say, let, let, well, let, let me, let me, I, 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 I'll, I'll, let's, I'll take the beating for this. Paula Dean came from a certain place where maybe, uh, like, I, I was in Louisiana and Texas in the 70s. I, as a kid, I went there. I was 11, I think I was 11 years old, went to uh, uh, Texas. I heard that everywhere I went in Texas. It wasn't, uh, I, my my grandmother who took me there she was appalled by it she didn't think that that was the right way to uh speak but that was the culture so i think paula dean grew up in that so i'm not i'm not questioning her humanity in that that dude from the clippers that's a human donald sterling donald Sterling. that's a that's a human with a deficit that's a that's not he almost looked at his team as he was a he was a slave master Okay. Because well, he said, I, I, I feed them. I give them clothes. Right, but you had no reason to think any of that prior to him saying it. I can't believe that people didn't know that about him because I don't think you can hide that shit. I think people he have to know. It. Did he? Yeah. Did he, did he hit it or it just didn't come and out? And the only reason he got caught was because she trapped him. If she never releases that tape, you still wouldn't know. But He'd still be the owner. But there's people that have to know he's that guy. Of course there are in his inner circle. And that's because they're like that. That's the, that's the bigger question. Then who are those people? Where, why are they? They're protected, I guess. But there's very obvious things about it. To see him and hear what he said, when he said, I give them clothes. I give them I give them money for food. He really looked at it like he was handing them. Yeah. Here's here's some money from me, so that yeah. not that you're you're working and performing a skill uh, in here, and I pay you for for the job you did. I'm giving them. <coughs> right. It, there, there, there's a. I I understand what you're saying, and I and I'm and I'm coming from it from a little bit different area because I believe people had to know that that guy was that guy. But yeah, you know Mel Gibson when I first heard him say it, but Mel Gibson was didn't save anybody. He went after every every eth- right. yeah right. He dropped all the bombs, all, all the c word, the n word, the f word. I hadn't heard sugar tits in a long time, and he threw it out there. Yeah, but when you say cut nigga and faggot, uh, sugar tits is. Good morning. I don't think that the black cop that he said it to appreciated it. I tell you what I didn't appreciate. Uh, and I thought I would get a couple. Because every now and then, like, like dude sent the email and he goes, y'all love when you do the 1920s voice. I said something in, I think, last week's podcast or whenever you brought it up about the Liam Neeson thing. Yeah. I thought it was pretty fucking funny and genius. And no one gave me credit. It was a particular set of niggers. <laughs> Come on, man. That's funny, yo. It was a particular set of niggers. No one gave me credit for that, man. I was bothered by that. Are you doing this for the credit? Yeah. Oh, okay. Context. Liam Neeson said some fucked up shit uh, because I guess somebody he knew got victimized uh, by some brothers. And, you know, he he felt like he, he was mad. He wanted to go after him. So I thought his taken character was you know he was just basically saying i want to go after these black dudes instead of you know particular set of skills it was a particular set of niggers 
which with the, it, with the yeah. rough and the yeah. rhythm, and it was appropriate because he went on the street looking for yeah a particular set of niggas. <laughs> I love what you just did, motherfucker. That see, it, it, yeah, and the alley oop to Shaq from Kobe <laughs> downtown. Yes, that was awesome. He that was smooth, and only because I have a comics talent that I catch it. I would have missed it as I hesitated one millisecond. But I went, did you see how he said and left it out there? Ah, it was a particular set of niggas. Okay. All right, listen, ladies and gentlemen, um, that was a, how, well, how much time we at? Where are we at? An hour. Okay. We gave you an hour. Uh, we know we got to give you three episodes, so we're going to split this up, baby. This was email episode part one. Next week will be Email episode part deuce. Uh, love you. Yeah, we give you more information about where we're going to be, but we ain't going to be anywhere. Yeah, we're going to be at home scratching nuts. See y'all. Out. It was a particular set of niggas.